the basic idea is this. Every week, I send out a newsletter, and it has a list of podcasts that are looking for guests, as well as experts that want to be a guest on podcasts. So if you're an expert and you want to get booked on podcasts, you will open up this email. You'll look at the podcasts that are in there. See if you qualify for any of them. See if it's the right topic, subject matter. And then if you are, you click a link and, and apply to be on their show. And at the same time, I also show some of the experts that are looking to get on shows. So a podcaster might be scrolling through and say, oh, that person would be perfect. I've been looking for someone to talk about this. Or or even better, oh, I hadn't thought about having someone come on the show that has that background. Why don't I invite this person on my show? We have a very special guest with us. Andrew Alleman is founder of podcastguest.com. It's an amazing service where you can actually find podcast guests for your podcast or actually become an expert. People can interview. Uh, Andrew, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. So tell us a little bit of why did you start podcastguest.com? Give us a little more information on, on sure. where that started. So I started the service out of a personal need. As I mentioned, I'm a podcaster. I have a podcast about uh, domain names of all things. And in fact, just today I published my 200th episode of that. So I've been going uh, going at that for about four years now. And after I published about 50 episodes, I realized that I was, I've been tapping my Rolodex to find guests for my shows. And I wanted to expand my reach. I was running out of people to have on the show. I wanted to get people that I, I wasn't aware of. And so I looked for a solution out there that would help me find interesting, qualified people to be a guest on my podcast. And I really didn't find anything. There, there's some services out there that are kind of like PR firms that find guests for you, but they, they charge quite a bit of money. I wanted something that was simple, easy to use, uh, that wouldn't, uh, would, wouldn't cost a lot of money. And so that's why I created podcastguests.com. And uh, the basic idea is this. Every week, I send out a newsletter, and it has a list of podcasts that are looking for guests, as well as experts that want to be a guest on podcasts. So if you're an expert and you want to get booked on podcasts, you will open up this email. You'll look at the podcasts that are in there. See if you qualify for any of them. See if it's the right topic, subject matter. And then if you are, you click a link and, and apply to be on their show. And at the same time, I also show some of the experts that are looking to get on shows. So a podcaster might be scrolling through and say, oh, that person would be perfect. I've been looking for someone to talk about this. Or, or even better, oh, I hadn't thought about having someone come on the show that has that background. Why don't I invite this person on my show? Um, so that newsletter does go out to over 6,000 people every week. And that's free to use. It's free for podcasters. It's free for the guests that want to get on those shows as well. And then uh, I do have a paid option as well, which is to create what we call in the business a one sheet, which is kind of a, a sales page for yourself that goes into a directory and that can help you get booked on more podcasts. When you think about a podcast, you're kind of like a, a, a journalist and journalists have a lot going on. And if you're pitching a story to them, the easier you can make it for them, the better. And so that's the general idea here. If, if I can give you some questions that you can ask me, it, it gets at least your creative thoughts going around the line of questioning and it makes your job as an interviewer easier. Yeah. Thank you so much for the service that you put together. Um, so I think if, if you're listening to this, what you're starting to understand is that podcastguest.com is a tremendous service for you if you're thinking about starting a podcast. Andrew, if somebody listening to this today is thinking about uh, starting a podcast, 
what, what uh, you know, are some of the mistakes you would kind of say, hey, I can give you some, some, some free info up front to help you get started without, without having to go backwards before you get forwards? First of all, I would be a guest on some podcasts first before you launch your own. And there are a number of reasons to do this. One is you'll kind of understand what it's like, right? If, if you're a guest on other people's podcasts, you can get a feel for how they run their show, how they invite guests on, how they do their interviews, see what you like, see what you don't like, and make sure that you're comfortable and enjoy doing it, right? If you're going to have a podcast, it's a weekly podcast, you need to make sure that every week you're willing to get on the phone with someone, get on Skype and do an interview for 30, 45 minutes, plus your prep time. Even though you don't have to do the, the work of a podcaster just by being a guest, you do have to do that prep time and you do have to do the interview. Um, so that's the first thing I do. Make, make sure that this is something that you're going to get into and that you're going to commit to. Uh, the other thing, w one of the biggest mistakes I made before launching a podcast was I, I really overthought it. I went out and looked at some great resources out there, um, and there are some. I like uh, uh, Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income blog has a guide to starting your podcast. I like Dave Jackson's schoolofpodcasting.com as well. I, I really overthought it. I tried to make it perfect right out of the gate, and that was a mistake because it took me an extra couple months to launch. Because, uh, for, for example, I hired someone to do a voiceover for the beginning of the podcast because I listened to some podcasts where people did that. And I thought that's just what you had to do. But the reality is you don't need that. In fact, I ditched my voiceover. I decided it was a little corny and just, just have intro music now. And then I announced the podcast. You also don't need to go spend $300 on a microphone to get started. Uh, I do recommend using something more than just a laptop microphone, but you can get a nice say $50 microphone on Amazon. The Snowball mic is a very popular one uh, that's around $50. And you also don't need to get like 10 episodes under your belt. I think there's this myth out there, oh, you got to launch 10 episodes at once, that sort of thing. I, I would say get a few under your belt and you can launch those all at once, but you don't need to get out there and, and do all this work before you get started. In fact, I'd recommend getting a few out the door figuring out what works, figuring out what your audience likes and doesn't like, and then, and then shift and, and adjust the podcast with that. Yeah, I love that. So what if you're one of these people whose main concern isn't necessarily having a number of podcasts or actually their major concern is just sort of being nervous? You know, that <laughs> they're, not, they're not totally confident that, that their voice sounds good on, on an audio recording, or, or maybe they're just feeling like, who am I to be, you know, putting out a podcast? Nobody wants to listen to me. Let me anchor this for you. A lot of people would be honored if a radio station called up and said, hey, I want to talk to you about your expertise. But you would understandably be, be nervous if you haven't, hadn't done that before. I mean, getting on, let's say, live radio. I know you're in the St. Louis area. So let's say you were invited to be on KMOX. And you're all excited, but you're also nervous, right? All your friends are going to be listening. You know, it's local. It's live. So, oh my gosh, what happens if I screw up? And it's, it's a very big audience. Mm -hmm. So now take that down to size with a podcast. Um, first of all, it's not live. So it can be edited. And if you really mess up, the, the podcaster can help you out. Even if you stutter, use us and ahs. I had a gentleman on my podcast that hasn't published yet. And excellent writer, but when it comes to speaking, it's not something he's had a lot of experience with. He could talk fine until he knew I hit the record button, and then it all went downhill from there. <laughs> um, but 
I got it over to the editor and I said, do what you can with this. And he got back and it sounds great. I mean, you would have no idea. He was able to cut out all the ums, uhs, repeated words, that sort of thing. So now not every podcaster can do that. I can't edit like that. That's why I outsource it. But that's a big difference, I think, between say something that's live and something that's not live like this. Uh, another thing is a lot of times the podcaster will kind of give you an outline of, of exactly what they want to talk about ahead of time, if not asking you for, for what it is. So that helps. I would also say that the audience, getting back to that audience size, the audience of a typical podcast is fairly small. Now, that might sound bad, but on this topic of nervousness, we're talking about usually a couple hundred people. The median podcast on Libsyn, which is a popular podcast hosting service, has about 200 downloads per episode. So that's not a huge audience. And so you don't have to think about, oh, I'm speaking to 10,000 people, 20,000 people. Hopefully that should calm some of your fears, a combination of all these things that really, to me, make podcasting the perfect on-ramp to doing something like live TV or radio or speaking in front of a crowd. Let's say you had 200 people listening to the podcast. Well, that's probably a very targeted group of people. So for example, for my domain name podcast, typical downloads per episodes in the range of a thousand. But that's a thousand people that care about domain names. I mean, <laughs> for some of you listening, you're like, really? A thousand people care about domain names? So if you have something to talk about and your expertise could be related to domain names or something that people that are in that business, are interested in, that's a great audience. Picture yourself standing in front of an auditorium with those thousand people every week. That is a big, powerful marketing opportunity. Yeah, and you mentioned something the last time that really captured me, which is that sometimes when you're able to connect with somebody who might be sort of bigger than you are as a podcaster, the podcast itself is an avenue for that person to say, oh, this is worth my time. It's a great way, as you mentioned, to have conversations with people that otherwise might not give you the time of day. So if I were to call up the CEO of a publicly traded company and say, hey, I think you have a, a lot of great lessons. I can learn a lot from you. Uh, will you talk to me for 30 minutes? They're probably going to blow me off. But if I say, hey, I've got a podcast audience that would like to learn some of your lessons and learn more about your business, would you spend 30 minutes on an interview on this podcast to reach my audience? Then all of a sudden they're excited. I'm, I'm doing something for them. I'm helping them market their business. So it's a fantastic way to, as a podcaster, to make new connections with people, uh, find people that might be good business partners, customers, uh, or even vendors for you as well. That to me is one of the biggest benefits of a podcast, potentially finding new clients. Podcasting or spoken word media, if you will, is a much more intimate media than written word, right? And so people can really get to know you when they hear you and they hear you having conversations with other people much more than they can from a blog post. Yeah. And you actually mentioned something like this the last time. There's a benefit to taking the audio that you record and translating it into a blog or translating it into a social media post as well. So it doesn't have to stay as audio. Tell me a little bit about that. I don't do this as often as I should. You're going to create a blog post around the podcast. That, that's a given. I, I do that, you know, write a blog post that says, hey, here's who I talked to this week. Here's what's on the show. And then I embed the audio so you can just click play. 
But there are also opportunities to take that content, that let's call it 30-minute interview with someone, and repurpose that into more content. There are tools out there now where you can get transcripts of those relatively quickly, fairly accurate, accurate enough that you can work with them for about 10 cents a minute, $3 to translate a 30-minute or to transcribe a 30-minute interview. And then you can use that. You can take some of the quotes out there and write an article about the particular topic as well. So that is definitely a, another benefit. It's not just about the podcast recording. That's awesome. What are the most important things to you as a podcast guest as you consider which podcasts you'll choose to be upon? Yeah, I think it is a fit over size kind of issue. I'd rather speak to 200 people that really want to hear my message than 10,000 where you know, only a few want to hear the message. For example, in the case of your podcast, it's new, right? It's fairly new, but you're good at it and it's going to grow. And hopefully when it does grow, people will come back and listen to previous episodes, including this interview that we're recording right now. So uh, I would recommend not turning down a show just because it's small and more, more looking at, okay, is this going to be a fit for me? Maybe listen to an episode and make sure that the person is professional, that they're, that they're actually committed to this and can do a good job and at least make everyone sound good, right? Um, so I, I think those, I, I think that's more important to answer your question. Yeah, and along the lines of that question, is there, uh, I know this is, this is one of those harder questions for me to ask, but are there some mistakes that podcasters make when they're selecting a guest? I know I didn't make a mistake by choosing you. That's not why I'm asking the question, but... You know, is there is there some benefit to even thinking as a podcaster who you'll ask to be on your podcast? Oh, absolutely. And so this is one of those things where you want to look for guests that not only will be a good, entertaining, and informative guest, but also one that will help you get the word out about your podcast. And so one of the things I tell guests to to tell podcasters, and in fact, this is one of the things on the, on the one sheets at podcastguests.com, is what you will do to promote the episodes that you're on. So for example, this episode right here, once it goes live, I'll include a link to it in my newsletter that goes out to 6,000 people. So that will increase your audience, right? More people will, will listen to your podcast and hopefully some of them will subscribe. So certainly as a podcaster, you want to see, okay, wh what can this person do for me and, and what will they do for me? Sometimes it's better to have someone with a small audience, but that's committed to promoting the episode than someone with a big audience who's really not going to do anything uh, about it. So um, it's great if you can just kind of hear a clip or two about uh, of the person on a previous podcast because you want to make sure they're coherent. You, you want to make sure that they can, uh, they, they can talk, they can hold a, a, a line of, of thinking and, and that sort of thing. Um, so you do want to look at that. You also want to set expectations. So as a podcaster, you want to say, okay, here's how we're going to record this. Here's the technology we're going to use. Here's what I expect from you. So I tell people, hey, find a quiet place. It, it surprises me that some people will call in for a podcast interview from an airport, but it happens. Mm. Find, find a quiet place, you know, make sure to, most times I tell people to wear a headset or earbuds because that prevents an echo coming through depending on what, what type of environment it's, it's in. Um, so th those are some things that uh, I would look for as a podcast or talking to guests. And I think that's helpful to 
to experts to think about the opposite there. Okay, this is what a podcaster is expecting. Here's what I can do to meet these expectations. Mm-hmm. And as a potential guest, what are some things I can do to increase the chance that a podcaster would want me to come on their show? So I would say you need to put out that professional step, that professional phase. So whether or not it's a one sheet on podcastguests.com or one you make yourself, that's important. Another is to inform the person what you're going to do for them, which is what we just talked about. Uh, Another is to make sure you have decent sound quality. And so I I, I put together a a guide that people can download. It's it's free. You don't even have to provide your your email address that kind of walks through some of these things that you can do. You can find that guide at podcastguests.com slash guide. And it, it walks through some of the things you can do, one of which on the sound side is to find that quiet place without an echo. And kind of my hack here is that a walk-in clothing closet is a fantastic place. The clothes kind of absorb that echo. In That's fact, awesome. my, my wife's podcast now gets over 100,000 downloads per per month. Well, I, I set up my nice studio with sound panels and all that sort of stuff before I started mine. Again, overthinking it. She just started hers in, in our closet at, at home and the sound quality was great. And now, now hers is big. So that's kind of a, a hack to get good sound quality if you're concerned about that. And another thing is just to be prepared. You know, listen to at least some snippets of the person's podcast before you go. Ideally, you can listen to a whole episode, but, but understand how that's going to flow. Understand what their interviewing style is like so you can be prepared. Also have mentioned this domain names. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that business. Sure. So I started a blog back in 2005 covering the business of domain names and it's called Domain Name Wire. You can get there at dnw.com. And and it's it's an ad supported blog. And so the podcast actually is that I have is a continuation of this. It's a way to interview interesting people in the business update people on news via a different a different medium than just a blog. It's a fascinating business. It also helped me launch my podcast because I had a built-in audience. You know, the site gets 70 to 100,000 page views per month and these are, you know, say call it 30, 40,000 people who are checking in every month that will now listen to the podcast. That's dnw.com, correct? Right. Or you can go there at domainnamewire.com, but I'm proud of owning dnw.com because that's a prime example of a very valuable name. So almost all the good names are taken. What that means is that a lot of times when you want to go out there and start a business, you need to buy a domain name from someone else. The people that read my blog and listen to my podcast are people that buy and sell these domain names. So think of them as kind of virtual real estate investors, as well as the companies like GoDaddy that help people register domain names and, and buy them. Um, and then some of the other companies around that, that, that industry, some of the stuff that you don't necessarily see as a user, but care deeply about domain names and, and web navigation. The reality is these people that buy up domain names to sell them to other people, they really, in a lot of ways, they add liquidity to the market because they're willing to, to sell these names and oftentimes for a reasonable price. And so I tell people that are starting a business, just because the domain name you want says it's taken doesn't mean that you can't get it and you can't get it for an affordable price. Most of these names that sell, that someone owns, sell for a few thousand dollars or less. You, you know, you always hear about the ones that sell for a million dollars because it makes the news. But for the most part, these things are just selling for a few thousand dollars, which as a marketing expense, if you're starting a business, this is, this is your name, this is your storefront. It's important to get something that 
that people can spell and people can remember. <laughs> uh, you know, dropping vowels from your name might look cute, but then when you tell someone, hey, go check out my site, and then you have to spell out every letter in the word, suddenly it's become one word to five or six words, right? Because you have to spell it out. So that, that's kind of the world I live in there on domain names. We have our own conventions that we go to and we get way into the weeds on domain names and how they work and we live and breathe them, whereas other people think about it just when they're starting a business. It's a fun business for sure. And so podcasting uh, obviously is a niche that you've carved out again. And, and you're not afraid of those niches because what that means is that there'll be a lot of people interested, want to know more information from you about how to do what you do well. One of the big problems with that term is everyone pronounces it differently. As anyone listening here will, will hear, you're going with, the, <laughs> I'm going with niche. It's just whatever. I'm, I'm a big believer in targeted media. The internet has really made that so much easier. Mm -hmm. It's really hurt the big, broad media companies as opposed to people that have a specific expertise that they can share about. And it's easier to find that community online than it was before we had the internet. That is definitely something I like to focus on. It, it's worked well for me so far. What can we expect to see from podcasts over the next five to 10 years? That it's still a lot smaller than, say, blogging by orders of magnitude, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's still opportunity to get in there and to start a podcast that other people aren't talking about. So by being a podcaster, you can be one of only a few in your space rather than one of thousands in your space. So there's still a lot of opportunity there. Um, I think there's a lot of focus on podcasting. I think it will continue to morph and the business models will change. There have actually been some fairly high profile fundings like venture capital fundings, of podcast content creators lately. I don't know exactly how that will pan out from an investment perspective, but Apple kind of rebirthed this industry by putting the podcast app on everyone's iPhone. I'm really excited by all the companies that are trying to do different things when it comes to podcasting on the, on the technology side. Let's call it pod tech. We've got ad tech for the advertising business. We'll call this pod tech. Even though podcasting is really popular right now, and even though it's been around for a decade plus, I still think we're in the early days. So I would encourage people to, to think about jumping in. And like I said earlier, just, just get your feet wet. It doesn't have to be perfect to start, which is a fantastic way to market yourself and your, your business. If you can provide knowledge that people will look at you as kind of a leader in your space, it is a fantastic avenue for doing that. Yeah, and I think that's what you've provided for us today. I hope everyone listening can appreciate uh, all these great tips for their own use because really that's what you're doing. And even your, your website, podcastguests.com, uh, is a free experience. Um, but I don't want to have you on the show and not promote that there are some saleable options. You've told us about one that's $9 a month. And there's another one that's a, sort of an upgrade of that. It's sort of a premium service. Tell us a little bit about that. The big thing is that on a rotating basis, you'll be featured in a newsletter that goes out to 6,000 people. And that drives a lot of podcast invitations, a lot of invitations to be guests on shows. Um, so that's $29 a month. These are these are just month to month. You can cancel any times. So you can try it out and, and see if it works for you. But 
Again, as you said, you can get started for free. I would encourage everyone to go to podcastguests.com. Just enter your email address and sign up for free so you can kind of get a feel for it, understand what it is. And then if you say, yeah, I want to take this to the next level, then you can join one of the paid options and and try that out and see if it helps you. And folks, I want to remind you also of the guide that he uh, gives out for free. Um, That's uh, podcastguests.com slash guide. And that's really for anybody who's listening to this now and saying, I think I'm ready. I want to give it a try. Andrew's made me a believer that I don't have to have it all together, but maybe this guide will give me uh, just the simplest tools to get started with, with my own podcast. And Andrew, thanks so much for, for providing those kinds of tools to people. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the program today. Well, folks, you, you heard it here first. You want to go to podcastguests.com. Uh, because what you're going to be able to do there is scale your experience of podcasting the way that you want to uh, and make yourself known to a community of people who are already podcasting who uh, can both benefit and receive from the services you're offering. So this is an amazing hub that people in the podcast world are now using as their sole source of, of connecting to a much wider spider web of podcasters throughout the world. So uh, one more time, thank you, Andrew, for joining us. And and just so you guys listening in St. Louis know, Andrew is one of us. He's a St. Louis person. And, uh, Go Cardinals. That's right. <laughs> Great to have somebody who has made such a success out of himself from St. Louis area. And if you're listening all around the world, you know, don't ever despise small beginnings, even St. Louis, <laughs> with some great products. <laughs> but uh, I think the main theme here, Andrew, if I can summarize it is, is don't wait, get, get started. This is something- Get started, yeah, get moving. Thanks for joining us on Your Genius Zone podcast and one of my favorite interviews so far. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Monty.